Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Walkway to Fight Club on Tuesday, August the 10th, 2021. I am Stephen Mielhausen from DAZN, and, you know, I want to apologize to you guys. We only did one podcast last week, and it was with the great and legendary Ray Mysterio, and I want to thank everyone. And it's our most downloaded podcast with an athlete in in the last couple months. Damian Priest has been the biggest this year, but Ray Mysterio, and Mysterio's making a run for the money. I want to thank everyone. That has listened to that and all the podcasts. My God, the podcast is it's blowing up here, guys. And I'm very, very grateful. You know, so I want to thank all of you so much for that. Thank you to Ray Mysterio. Thank you to everybody that is downloaded, subscribed, rated, reviewed, good, bad, or indifferent. I appreciate it. And I want to thank you guys so much for that. It got a little hectic last week, so I wanted to apologize for that. And we got a couple good ones this week. And our for our guest, our first guest this week, I think is pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to having you guys here. A different type of athlete that he's involved in combat sports, but he had a previous career in the world of combat. So in another high profile sport in um, in the United States. So, but don't forget, guys, it's simple. Just subscribe, rate, review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, uh, Overcast, Podcast Addict, whatever is available for you guys. I know Android's got a ton. We get a lot of like different types of Android apps. We're very popular on Android. So I <laughs> thank everyone for that one, but... Anything that pays the bills. I'm just kidding. But, no, I want to thank everyone so much. So, so, so much. It really does mean a lot. So, so thank you. Um, but what a week it was. So what a, an interesting weekend in combat sports and highlighted by UFC 265 from the sold out. <laughs> I give the UFC credit. They were just in Houston three months ago. They sold out another show. Cyril Gan. Third-round stoppage over Derek Lewis to become the interim UFC heavyweight champion. Now, let's be very, very realistic about this, and let's be honest, because this is the honest tree. Serial Gan's not the U- interim. He's not the heavyweight champion. He's the number one contender to Francis Ngannou. And I thought the blatant disrespect – by John Anik, Daniel Cormier, and Dominic Cruz, and the UFC as a whole towards Francis Ngannou. Good Lord. The guy was doing ambassador work, trying to get his footprint into the being the heavyweight champion. These are guys, guys like this don't, many of them don't fall far from the tree. They don't, guys like this don't come around every two years. And treating this guy like treating this guy like a pile of dirt. Making it seem like he's afraid of Derek Lewis. That he's afraid of his former training partner, Cyril Gan. I scratch my head at the Ultimate Fighting Championship sometimes. And this was definitely one of them. 
weeks where you just scratch your head like, what are we doing? Francis Ngannou is, he's the MMA version of Mike Tyson. This isn't rocket science here, guys. Good Lord. I remember I sat in a McDonald's outside of Detroit when he nearly sent Alistair Overeem's body to Toronto. When he knocked him out in Detroit. UFC 217. He, you can say what you want what happened with Stipe Miocic. And, and you're not wrong. The first time around. Second time around, he showed improvement. And look at what happened. He is now the man on top of the mountain. The UFC couldn't wait four weeks. We got to make interim title fights. Could have just let Amanda Nunes headline against Juliana Pena. Why would we do that for? But I thought a, I thought a really good performance by Cyril Gan. Derek Lewis had nothing. Cyril Gan's style is, I just love his style of fighting. He stays composed. He stays relaxed. He fights out of a karate stance, which I've never really seen from a heavyweight. He brings different attributes to the table that we haven't seen in the heavyweight division. I was thoroughly impressed. That crowd was there. They were jonesing for Derek Lewis to become the man, to become the interim UFC heavyweight champion. But it was Sariel Gaines night. And now, you know, now this is going to be interesting because Dana White admitted during the week that him and Naganu are really on shaky ground these days. I know, gee, I wonder why. You don't want to make the most obvious fight in the history of Earth. Francis Ngannou and John Jones, which is going to make probably a it's a hundred million dollar fight, and you just because you don't want to pay these guys, your profit is still going to be fantastic. It's a one and a half million by pay per view. That's how big this is. It's such a head-scratcher. I just, like, scratch my head, and uh, I don't understand. It's one of those things where I just kind of, like, I'm befuddled. Because as much as I respect Dana White like no other, but it's one of these situations to where it's like, what are we, in the grand scheme of things, what are we really doing? It's just one of those things I kind of I get so baffled about. But it's going to be interesting if Gan and and Naganu doesn't get made to determine the undisputed champion. And I wrote an article. So I'm thinking, like, you know what? What if? What if Naganu and Gan don't fight? Gan's going to take some time off. He's about to become a father for the first time. And trust me. There is nothing more, much, there's no blessing that can top becoming a father for the first time. Trust me, I it's the greatest joy of my life, is being a dad. I'm a dad first, journalist, <laughs> father, husband, journalist falls number three. So... And that's how you got to have your priorities right. And I think Cyril, that's one thing I do respect about Cyril Gone. 
is the fact that he's putting that first. But I presented options. You guys tell me, at Walkaway Fight on our Twitter, tell me at Walkaway Fight, what do you guys think? Tell me. I want to know. Because to me, it's so interesting. I gave three options. John Jones, Stipe Miocic, and the winner of the heavyweight fight at UFC 266 at the end of September between Curtis Blades and Jarzino Rosenstrick. A very interesting series. I make a case for each guy. You tell me. Those are the only options, really. I think it's hard to go back to Volkov. Volkov was on the brink. And then he's been on the brink a couple times, and Alexander Volkov hasn't come through. But those are the on all those are the three best on the table if there's still a stalemate between Francis Naganu and the UFC. And Sario Sar- Gain has to go a different route for the time being. Be interesting if they would strip. Strip. You never know. But the other really big story in the weekend in the world of boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling was two things. Canelo Alvarez not fighting on September 18th. It looked like Caleb Plant, it was, from what I had been told, it was on the 10-yard line. You were in the red zone. You were marching towards a touchdown for it to be on Fox pay-per-view here in the United States. And were the two most powerful men in the sport, Al Heyman and Canelo Alvarez. Heyman really, and, and I said this to people from the beginning, and no one wanted to listen. Al Heyman wanted a multi-fight deal. Canelo Alvarez wants nothing to do with multi-fight deals. He does not want to be locked in. He's got a plan. He's going to execute it. He is the A-side. And that's the one thing, and I forget who brought it up. And the more I thought about it, talked to some people in the fight game, makes perfect sense. Al Heyman doesn't like the fact he doesn't hold all the cards here. He has been used to holding all the A cards. Floyd Mayweather. More recently, Manny Pacquiao. Errol Spence. Deontay Wilder. He doesn't hold the card. Javante Davis. He doesn't hold the cards here. The game, it's fairly entrenched into Canelo Alvarez. All the cards are on the table. And I think that's really one thing I don't think Al Heyman is really fond of. I get it. But Canelo Alvarez is not going to balk here. There were negotiations for a fight with Dimitri Bivol to take place on September 18th on DAZN. And, you know, just there just wasn't going to be enough time for both camps to really get a proper camp in. So right now that is off. ESPN reported, not ESPN, The Athletic reported that talks have resurfaced between Canelo Alvarez and the camp of uh, Caleb Plant. I have been given the date of November the 13th is a date that Canelo Alvarez is looking at. I've been told the 13th or the 20th. So there is some time. I think 
ideally, from what I've been told, PBC ideally would like to announce this by next Saturday to really drum up interest in uh, Errol Spence and Manny Pacquiao, which I will be at. I will be there all week. I leave a week from today. Very, I'm excited, but also nervous just because of what's going on in the world right now. It's, it's a little scary, but you know, I'm fully vaccinated and I think I'll be okay. I'm just happy to get on the road and do what I do best. Interviews, asking the tough questions, and then going from there. But one, you know, it's one of these things to where I don't think they're – the way I look at it is I'm, I haven't – nobody's been able to – I haven't been able to get this on the record. for. But my impression, just kind of really just looking around and viewing the landscape here, I don't see Canelo Alvarez budging nil. There are options on the PBC side. There is David Benavides, a fight I want to see. I have no interest in Jamal Charlo. I know everyone's talking about Charlo. They want to watch that fight with Montiel. With Juan Montiel. I did not come away remotely impressed. It's a B minus, a C plus caliber fighter. Yeah, he hit a chin. Can't take that away. I can't take that away at all. But if Charlo was that good, Charlo should have been able to put him away. And he did not. That's what separates good and very good to the elite. I I don't know why people are so interested. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this fascination of Charlo and Canelo. I have 0%, 0.0% interest. What I, when I reported this a couple weeks ago, and it's from what I have been told, this is still the facts. Canelo's desires, in or his three desires at this point for to fight one more time this year. Kayla Plant, Dimitri Bivol, and Triple G. Those are the three options. I you know everyone's like, oh, that Triple G fight, it's always going to be on the table. I don't know. It's more of a cash-out fight for Gennady Golovkin. Canelo holds all the cards here. But I, the, from what I had been told three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, those were his preferences in order. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be – this is going to – I know the PBC and um, Canelo side are talking. To me, I'm, there's more intrigue in Canelo and Bevel than Canelo and Plant. Yeah, it's undisputed champion, but I already know how Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant's going to play out. I don't know. How a Canelo Alvarez Dimitri Bivol fight would play out. I don't know how a Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin three will play out. I think I have an idea, but I'm not 100% sold like I am on Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant. 
And this isn't a disrespect to Kato Plant. But Kato Plant, all Kato Plants ever face are B and C level fighters. I don't know how good Kato Plant is. Maybe Kato Plant is great. I don't know. I really don't. Big thing in wrestling. Man, the world is crumbling. Everyone's making it out like WWE is. Going up for sale. 12 more releases, this time on the NXT side. This one I don't. I don't understand. The big names were Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Alex Zane, Jake Atlas, just some of the big Mercedes Martinez, some of the bigger names released. I I'm gonna have a lot of W I'm gonna have some WWE stuff next week. But the real head scratcher, and I'm and I'm just trying to understand this is I don't get I really don't get why why oh why I don't get why Paul Levesque and Shawn Michaels weren't even involved in the process. This was a Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and John Laurinaitis decision. Three people I know more about wrestling in this current day than those th- than in my pinky than they do combined. And it happened during SmackDown. Good Lord. Talk about just a big morale dump. I know the morale there isn't the greatest to begin with. Especially right now in NXT, according to Fightful. But just hopefully everyone gets on their feet. I think Bronson Reed can be a star. He's got those. To me, he's got like those Vader mentality, that Vader skill set mentality. I really like Bronson Reed. I think Jake Atlas can be a star. Alex Zane can be a star. I love Mercedes Martinez. I think she's a really good hand. Very valuable asset. In women's wrestling. And uh, Bobby Fish. That was a surprise too. And probably the best group in the history of NXT. One of the best groups in the history of the WWE. In the Undisputed Era. You know. it's The reports are they want to go younger. Um, they want more. Guys that look like Roman Reigns. And Ryback. And that didn't work before. It's not going to work now. That whole perception of all walking through the airport and you're going, wow, who's that? That's proven to not work in this day of age. People just want better stories. Not having their intelligence insulted. If we're being honest about it, that's exactly what we're, we're you're getting a lot of that now. They're holding a tryout camp next weekend while they're in Las Vegas. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take a look and see. 
I'll be able to get a good feel at that point of who they're going to really be looking at. But enough of me. Our guest today, former All-Pro in the NFL, former Pro Bowler, number 56 from the San Diego Chargers, the great Sean Merriman. I did this interview with Sean Merriman about two weeks ago. His promotion, and um, I'll be upfront and honest with you guys about it. His promotion held their event this past Saturday. But there's a lot of stuff in there. We touched on his Lights Out fighting promotion. But we really talked about a lot of other things. Whether he's going to fight. We talk about Aaron Rodgers, which I thought was so fascinating. Talks about, tells me who he feels is right in that controversy with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We talk about him fighting, how we got into MMA. And it's all so fast, how he became a fan of the sport, why he's doing a promotion. A lot of cool stuff. Enough of me. We've went 20 minutes here. You guys are tired of me. You're not listening for me. You're listening for our guest today, number 56, the former All-Pro and Pro Bowler, the one and only. He really doesn't need an introduction. He already know he he's telling us right behind him who he is. You look at the face, you know who he is. One of my favorite football players growing up when I was a kid. He rips off mannequin arms that are belonging to the Las Vegas Raiders, former All-Pro from the San Diego Chargers, and also he was on the Buffalo Bills. He's in the MMA realm, ladies and gentlemen. Lights out extreme fighting five takes place. It returns after COVID-19 wrecked the world coming up on August the 7th in Commerce, the Commerce Casino in Los Angeles, California. You can catch it on the Fubo Sports Network, number 56, Sean Merriman. And Sean, I said it right before we hit record. I appreciate the fact I can get an all-time great NFL linebacker, one of the most dangerous men on the planet. You come on time, and I can't get the UFC, Bellator, all the big MMA organizations, WWE, AEW, boxing. They're always late. You're on time. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. No, I, absolutely, man. I told you that's um, that's one of my pet peeves, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm always five minutes early or you're late after that. That's just my philosophy. So, um, yeah, I, you, you know what it is, too. I've, I've played sports my whole life, but then when you get into the NFL – and those fines become significantly big for being late. You get real customers just showing up to things on time. So uh, that just made it a habit of mine. What's the biggest fine you ever got for being late? I've never been late in the NFL. Wow, that is no. fantastic. No, and believe it or not, even some of the nights I went out and hit it hard before, you know, night before practice, I was uh, always five or ten minutes early, and sometimes a lot wow. earlier than that. So I, it's one of these. It's one of these things, right? I think that that says a lot about you. Yeah. Right. I mean, being late, if you got some stuff to happen or bad traffic, I listen, I lived in LA for a long time. So you ain't got to tell me about traffic and being, you know, late, possibly being late to something that's hard. But for the most part, man, I, I, I like to stay on time and, and go by my calendar. What's on my calendar for the day. I'm in the same way. I'm based here in Chicago and Chicago traffic and Los Angeles traffic. And now that you're in Vegas, Las Vegas traffic, not it's getting it's getting up there, but you know I'm also from the Maryland and Washington D.C. area, so that was like voted like top five worst traffic in the in the country, 
So I'm used to I'm used to it. So I if I got something an hour, I leave two hour and a half, hour forty five minutes, maybe even two hours before, and at least get in that area before I go do anything. I wanted to ask you this before we talked about MMA. I wanted to ask you about Aaron Rodgers really quickly because that's really been the big talk in the NFL. And what do you make of that entire situation? Because you know it seems like they just can him and the Packers cannot just get on the same page. Seemed like they were getting on the same page. Then you see Aaron's press conference earlier in the week and seems like a very bad marriage that's about to be broken very soon. It is. It is. And it should be because, listen, the, the players know that they, they got a role and they're the players. They're not, they don't set up in the front office. You don't know. You don't control your destiny. You're going to be cut, wave, traded. It happens to the best of the best, right? I mean, it's, Aaron Rodgers won't be the first one that had a problem with the organization before. I think that what they messed up is they, they go out and draft a quarterback in his position when he has some, some good years left in him. Uh, and then you can go out and try to help him win a championship now by bringing in a, a, another tight end, bringing in another offensive lineman or defense lineman or, or a cornerback, right? Somebody that's going to help you guys win a championship now. What they told Aaron Rodgers is we're ready to move on from you at any point in time. And so you draft a guy in the first round, you're telling me that you know, first round guys, they, they're supposed to play. They're supposed to get on the field. So they they hedged their bets. They were wrong. And now they're eating crow. And so what Aaron Rodgers basically said in the, in the, in the press conference is he named all the guys who they kind of shoot out the door. He also uh, said that he didn't, he know he doesn't make any decisions, but hey, let me, can I be a part of the conversation? Hell, I got to throw to these guys. These guys got to block for me. So that's all he said. I don't think what he said, anything is wrong. I think that he was a perfect person to say it because he has the leverage to do so. Did you experience that at all with the Chargers or no? Everybody has. I mean, I was I was waived. I was waived by the team. But but also, too, I'm, I was, I've always been under the impression that you're going to get cut, traded, waived, released. It's a part of the game. You, it's it's, it's going to happen at some point. It's just a matter of how sometimes teams do it is, is always the, the issue. I've never talked to an NFL player, and I, and I want to ask you, because this is something that's always bothered me about the NFL. Why doesn't the NFL guarantee have guaranteed contracts? Instead of instead, it's just the only thing guaranteed is the signing bonus, and nothing, everything else is like you said. You can get waived, you can get the signing bonus. One season later, they can cut you. Why aren't there guaranteed contracts in your mind in the NFL? Like but there is this Major League Baseball in the NBA. It's getting there. Right. I mean, it, it's getting there. People got to understand the, the NF, the NBA and baseball PA, they're ahead of the NFL PA for like 15 or 20 years or something, you know, yeah. whatever that time difference is. So you starting to see these massive contracts. Look at Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, for God's sake, it's starting to get there. Um, but, you know, we're still behind the curve, right? The, the money's starting to get bigger. It's going to be start bigger guarantees. It needs to get better. Yes. Um, but it's such a violent sport, man. It's such a violent sport. And so you, when you put stock into somebody, and this is coming from not the former player, but now the business owner and see, and just to, so I can talk about how people see it, you know, you put stock into somebody that could potentially high risk of, of injury, right? Basketball, baseball, they get the long, the big guarantee contracts because there's not much injury. Now God may suck and not play well. So you trade them away or find a way to, to move them. But for the most part, there's the, the longevity is going to be there out of a guy. You know, you retired from the NFL and 
you could have done a lot of different things. I know you have a bunch of other business ventures, but getting into the world of mixed martial arts, what were you thinking, my friend? <laughs> it, it actually, man, to be honest, um, it's been a uh, like a passion of mine for, for a long time. I got in it back in between 2005 and 2006. A friend of mine, Jay Glazer, had introduced yeah, uh, me okay. to Randy Couture. Um, and his whole thing was, because I'm an outside linebacker and a pass rusher, he wanted me to get better with my hands. Because I, I grew up around a lot of boxers. I had you know a couple of professional boxers in my family. So coming from that D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, there's boxes. Every, I grew up in a boxing family, in a boxing neighborhood. A boxing area. I'm right up the street from Sugar Ray Linda's gym and oh, wow. all these all these different um, gyms that's around me, boxing wise. But MMA became big in the mid 2000s. So I just kind of every offseason, I train a little bit, start grappling, start rolling, uh, having you know some uh, light sparring, and then went into full blown exhibition matches and stuff doing it. So I've been around it for a long time. Um, and then fast forward to lights out extreme fighting. Um, it kind of one of those things that just. It was too good. It was it, it was supposed to happen, right? Um, we started off at, at Fox Sports Regional. We were great over at Fox Sports. I mean, they were great to work with. Um, and now at Fubo TV, Fubo Sports, which it, we announced the other day. So now, you know, at first we were regionals on, a, on a regional channels of Fox. And now we get a chance to be shown in all over the nation and Canada and Spain. We're simulcasting in Spanish, um, which like was which is pretty cool for us. Um, and then we're growing like hell. And, and look, it, you know, people always say, oh, you, are, you know, you're going to challenge the UFC and challenge. But like, why? We just do what you're good at doing. Do what you're great at doing. Perfect what you're great at doing. And then do your thing on your own. Like, obviously, UFC and Bellator, these are great leagues, but we're not worrying about what they do. Right. Uh, we have an opportunity to transition a lot of former athletes from other sports, because that's what I've been really concentrated on, transitioning a lot of guys who retire they still got something left, whether it's NFL, NHL, rugby guys. And I've been making a push for that for the last few years. And we have a couple of big signings coming up here in the next 30 to 60 days, uh, former athletes. You want, you can reveal a couple here. No one's, <laughs> no one's going to listen or watch or read. I promise. No, no. Look, I wish I would. <laughs> I wish I would, but you know, one of the, I don't, I don't want the, the big leagues coming to start snatch my guys up. So, um, but you know, it's, it's been cool because I know the struggles in transitioning to something else when you're done. Yeah. And I tell anybody, especially former athletes, when you're done, pick up a, pick up a, 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 you know, combat sport, some kind of discipline, right? Because it's, we're wired different. And so to go from running out to 80,000 people to now just, um, you know, having an everyday job or just going to the gym for an hour, two hours and getting to work out there is not going to do anything for us, right? So I would always tell guys to go and just pick up some form of discipline because for me, it was more therapeutic than anything else. How hard was it for you as a professional athlete on top of their game to make that transition from being on the football field to now being in retirement and doing and not worrying about worrying about football 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'll, I'll tell anybody the first year or two is your roughest. It's, it's the, I don't care what you do. I went straight on to TV. I had plenty of other things. I had my lights out clothing line. We were in like, I think 180 stores or something country with Tilly's and um, some stores on the East coast. And we, we were doing extremely well, but I would even at the end of my day, I was sitting around like, damn, like this is it. <laughs> You know, I was like, I, you know, this, I didn't have anything to compete at. And 
you know, I struggled from the standpoint of, of not having that regimen of, of a football lifestyle there. And a lot of guys do. And it's even worse because some guys don't have much going on when they're done. Yeah. Right. So it makes it even harder. So I always encourage guys that, you know, whatever business, you know, you want to get into whatever you're in spot, but pick up some form of discipline of jujitsu or karate or, or Muay Thai boxing, something, because it ultimately is going to help you through that process. Based off that answer, then, if you thought about fighting, have you, I know it's been teased throughout the last couple of years. Is it something that, you know, you got an MMA company? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you, you have the name value that I think you would put more eyes on the product. Is that something you've been thinking about more in the last couple of years? Yeah, no question. I mean, no, no question about it. Even, even sometime now when I go and I, I spar with guys that, that are in Bellator or in UFC or whatever, and they after we get done, if they haven't seen me train before, the first thing they ask me, when are you going to fight? They always say, when are you going to fight? Um, for me, I, re- I respect this sport too damn much to go and try something out. Like, I'm, I'm all in or I'm not doing it at all, right? Um, and for me, it's great to go and spar a Friday or a Wednesday or something like that and get some work with guys because it keeps me going. Um, but it's not one of these things you go try out. You know, you can go play football, you can play basketball, you ain't playing fighting. And so when you do that, and I realize that these guys and, and women are training their ass off sometimes twice, three times a day, six, seven days a week, you better be ready because it's a different kind of mentality when you step in there with someone who does this shit for a living. And I say it all the time. I say, look, man, look, you're going in there, you're playing around with people who do this to feed their families. And, and so the mentality is different. So in, in, I love going in and I'll get after it. And I'll go get me three or three, five minute rounds of, of sparring in. And, you know, some days you get a little crazier than others, depending on who you, who you're training with. But for the most part, man, I feel better when I do that. And I, my body feels good. I feel active. I feel healthy and alive. Um, but to actually do it big, I, the only place I would fight it in is lights out. And if there was a, a, a big enough, you know, guy that would tell that people will see an entertainment or whoever it is. Um, and it made sense. And I know that people would, would buy pay-per-views and tune into it. I'll start training tomorrow, but then I'll fight them in lights out tomorrow. But until then um, I, I enjoy promoting all these, uh, this men and women that, that, um, that fight in lights out extreme fight. I love your main event because I, I think it, a, it's a very competitive main event, but looking at, the nicknames, it's, kind of, it's what really stuck out to me because I know Eric Gonzalez, I know Sam Alvarez, but you look at Eric, the ghost pepper, then you look at Sam, the alley cat. If Sean Merriman had an MMA nickname, say Lights Out didn't exist, what would be Sean Merriman's nickname? Um, Probably the sleeper, you know? <laughs> I would, I would say probably the sleeper uh, because, you know, I'm putting a lot of people to sleep for sure. What did you enjoy putting to sleep the best? Like when you, when you got that sack. Who would I? Yeah, no, who tickled your fancy when you put, when, when you, when you made a sack on a quarterback, which one did you take more joy with one more than the other? I know I like sacking them all, but no, no, I don't like anybody more than uh, sacking Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> That's the, that's the ultimate. It, it doesn't, listen, it doesn't get much better than that. Right. Because um, obviously he's the, you know, the goat. Um, 
but also too, you know, when you hit him, he acts like he's not supposed to be hit. I mean, he kind of looks at you like, really? You know, I was like, yeah, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> I sack quarterbacks, you know, and I'm coming to get, you know, coming after your ass. So um, yeah, I, I always got up for the greatest, the great ones, right? Peyton Manning, if you look at, at him, I got two, three sacks with him and Tom Brady and, um, you know, I, all the great ones I've had my biggest games against because I was told as a kid by LeVar Arrington when I was in high school, he said, look, if you want to be great, uh, then you got to have great games against the greatest. And for whatever reason, that stuck with me my whole entire life. So whenever we had big quarterbacks, you know, Phillip Rivers, when I used to play him in college, when I was at the University of Maryland, he was at NC State, I used to get after him. And, um, you know, it, it was one of these things that uh, I, it just always stayed with me. Two more questions, Sean, and thank you so much for the time today. It's really appreciated. And what are the goals for the promotion? What's the goals for Lights Out Extreme Fighting? Like, well, I think football, football sports was the, was the first goal that I, I wanted to make happen where people can see us all over the country and internationally. Um, we are expanding on other markets. Uh, but more importantly, I want to open the doors to former athletes, uh, first and foremost, from NHL, rugby, uh, obviously NFL, um, we got a former track star that we're talking to right now. That was a beast that, that now has, has started boxing, but now it's the last year been doing more jujitsu and things like that. I want to help that trend, those transition of athletes, take it to the next level, um, and become a, a success story where you don't hear about people just kind of going broke or CTE or not doing much when they retire and they can still have a second act to their life. Uh, but also with the fighters that we have, I would love to keep our roster. You know, we got some really talented, you just named two. Uh, we got some really talented guys um, who uh, we would, would like uh, for to, to keep them long-term and build around them. And, and that, so, you know, it's, you know, not really necessarily a Sean Merriman league, but it's more of a, uh, we, we got some powerhouses. Man. I, I want to really get behind these guys and promote the hell out of them. And then we, we want to be mentioned up there with the tops. I understand what UFC and Bellator and anybody else out there doing. We, we're not trying to compete with them, but, um, you know, we want to be mentioned in the same light at, at, at being a, a elite league. Why should fans watch LXF five coming up on Saturday, August 7th? This will guarantee be our biggest show. We have people making their debuts in MMA and things like that. But secondly, um, we've all just went through a, a terrible year and this will be our most electric show yet. We're already sold out. Uh, we're figuring out ways to try to get TVs outside in the parking lot. And we have, you know, another few hundred people that's trying to watch the fight. I mean, this is mega. Uh, so Lights Out Extreme Fighting, August 7th at the Commerce Casino. Watch some football sports TV. Uh, if you don't have it, get it. Uh, we're going to be making also some uh, nice announcements probably during the fight. One of which I just told you before that I can't let go here just yet. But Hopefully, hopefully the deal is done by the time the fight comes where we can announce that that person is coming over. The teases, Sean Merriman. <laughs> Not cool, Sean Merriman. I'm going to have to talk to Tom Brady. See how he feels. See how he feels. Would you ever come back, Sean? I'm going to ask this before I go. Is any thoughts ever coming back to football, seeing how things are now where you're like, eh? Not really. And it's more of a time thing than anything else. Right. Um, I would have to stop doing everything. And that's the, the, the main reason why I, hasn't, I haven't fought. Right. You got to You got to train for two months. I need a four, eight to 10 week training camp. And that's all I want to do for those two months. And I, I'm not at a place where I can do that because I have so much other stuff going on. And if I ever was or there was something big enough where I can shut it down for two months and just train, 
I will do it. So if there's if there's somebody out there that people want to watch and what people people pay, uh, you know, uh, order a pay per view for, I'll start training tomorrow. Lights out, Extreme Fighting Five. The promotion returns coming up next Saturday night, August seventh, from the Commerce Casino out in Los Angeles, California. And catch it on Fubo Sports Network. Sean Merriman, we've never chatted. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for the time today, Sean. It means a lot. I'm looking forward to the show next Saturday night, and hopefully we can do this again before the next show. Absolutely, my man. Anytime, have me on, please. All right, Sean, thank you so much. Okay, talk to you soon. A huge thank you to number 56, formerly of the San Diego Chargers, and a cup of tea. And I should have said this at the beginning. The Buffalo Bills, the great Sean Merriman, his favorite sack. You know, I'm talking about Brady and Peyton Manning. Very good take on Aaron Rodgers. He's not wrong. I agree with that 100%. Good Lord. I don't under. It's such a mess. It really, 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 really is. I just don't. I don't understand. Such a head scratcher, that whole situation. But I'm really thankful. You know, and it was out of my comfort zone. And it felt good. You know, you got to do interviews that sometimes give you a little bit of a challenge. Do a little more prep and learn a couple little different things about Sean Merriman. So it was good to talk to Sean. He's doing a lot of great things since retiring from the NFL. And I'm rooting for his promotion because you can always use more promotions. You know, you look at boxings, there's so many different promotional outlets. You know, you really don't have that in mixed martial arts. You know, here in the United States, you got the UFC, you got Bellator, and you got PFL. Why not have, like, yeah, LFA? But you get, there's always room to me to have more promotions. So, you got Invicta. As I'm thinking, there's more. <laughs> but you guys get the gist of it. So, hopefully... Oh, I want to see Sean Merriman fight at least once. I think that would be pretty badass. I think that would be really cool. But, no, big thank you to Sean Merriman. Big guest coming up later on this week. One of the rising stars in boxing. One of the best prospects in the sport. The one and only Virgil Ortiz Jr. This interview was so freaking cool. Talked to Virgil last Friday. Heard a little bit of it. We talked a little bit of everything. We talked Terrence Crawford. We talk Keith Thurman and Keith Thurman's gibberish. Virgil Ortiz plays the guitar during this interview. That was pretty cool. So you guys can tell us how you feel about Virgil Ortiz's guitar skills. He returns to the ring on Saturday night out at the, the practice facility of the Dallas Cowboys. He faces Mean Machine. You can catch that live and exclusively on the zone across the world, the knockout artist, to me, one of the best in the game, one of the best young prospects in the game, hoping after this fight, he gets what he's looking for, and that's a shot at the world title, but while to wait is jammed right now, we talk about the situation at 147, we talk about music, and how music, you know, what, how that helps him, you know, keep his mind at ease when he's not training for a fight or when he is training for a fight and he just wants to play. We talk about Terrence Crawford. We talk about Keith Thurman. We talk about the 
I thought, a really sensational performance over Murray Sucker earlier in the year. I love everything about Virgil Ortiz Jr. So it was good to talk to Virgil for the first time. So definitely we'll have that later on in the week. And that's going to be it for this week, guys, because then it's going to be nuts next week, guys. Just going to let you know now. It's going to be crazy. I'll be in Vegas. All we go. It's going to be interviews with everybody. Manny Pacquiao, Ariel Spence, and we can keep going. There's going to be a ton, I promise, a ton of kick-butt interviews this coming week. I promise. Next week. It's going to be, and I'm going to be doing stuff. I'm, I'm going to be running around like a chicken without a head. And I got to somehow, I got to find time to write. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. Really, 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 really looking forward to next week. It's going to be a very good time. It's going to be very busy. It's going to be very hectic. But I, I like going on the road. I like getting all these this different content. I like talking to all these different people. That's what makes this thing fun. And you guys deserve great content. Make sure you follow all my articles on DAZN. I'll have a feature tomorrow, Wednesday, with Virgil Ortiz. I'm going to drop the Virgil Ortiz interview on Thursday. So we'll drop the LB for Thursday morning. Then maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a little preview. I don't know. We're, I think we're gonna do a Manny Pacquiao. We're gonna do a lot of cool stuff for next week. Do a lot of like, uh, I know they're gonna have some stuff for us. So I think it's gonna be interesting. My first time staying at the MGM Grand. That's gonna be pretty cool. So that's what's going on there. I'll be in Vegas the following week. I'll be home for four days, and I'm going to Cleveland. Jake Paul. Tyron Woodley. I have no idea what to expect from that, but that is going to be fun. My hotel is across the street from Progressive Field, the home of the Cleveland Indians. I'm going to try to attend an Indians game as they are playing the Boston Red Sox. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try my hardest. Even if I have to go by myself, I really don't care. I, just, I love baseball. So I was trying to see if the Browns were going to be in town, but they're not going to be. Catch all my stuff at the zone, thezone.com forward slash news. Also, so I'll have that feature, feature on Virgil Ortiz. Don't forget how you listen to the podcast. It's simple, guys. Subscribe. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club. Walkway to Fight Club. That is it. Bing, bang, boom. We're there. All of our great interviews. Jake Paul, like we said, Ray Mysterio. We got Natalia. We have Sean Merriman. We got Drew McIntyre, the Young Bucks, John Moxley, um, Eric Bischoff, Keith, not Keith Lee, <laughs> that was good, Carrying Cross, Bailey, Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho. Lots of lots of cool stuff in the archives, guys. We're available everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all of your favorite wherever you listen to a podcast. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club, hit that all subscribe button, you get everything, you'll get a notification, and boom. If you just boom, hit that subscribe button and you're done. Leave a nice kind review and also rate the podcast five stars. That helps us move up in the rankings. That is enough of me. No, don't forget, podcast is on. We have a you. We have a Twitter page. We're at Walkway Fight on Instagram. Walkway to Fight Club. Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash the Walkway to Fight Club. And also a YouTube channel. 
YouTube.com forward slash The Walkway to Fight Club. This is Steven Mielhausen, and I will talk to you guys on Thursday. Mwah! Peace out.